MSU played a game on Saturday, and we're going to talk about it. We might cry. We might laugh. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, the one thing I do know is, is that we got to talk about another season where we might be on the bubble. Well, let's go. Woo! You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans listeners, Spartan friends, Spartan family, how on earth are we all doing? Uh, this is your host, the the former Matt Sheehan. Now, I'm just a husk of a man now at this point after Saturday's game. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> don't, don't you worry. But first, hey, just need to talk your ear off really quick about LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college Terms and conditions apply. Whoa. Okay, Saturday. Um... No, hold on. No, no, no. We're going to do this first uh, because I need to do this for my sanity. I-, I need to do this so I can sleep better at night. And also, just so you know that, like, I'm not going to be an unaware a-hole. You know, like, I-, I want to have a shred of dignity here and at least show that I know what I'm doing is not just great. Um, but before going any further, uh, these kids are awesome. You know, student athletes have insane workloads, insane pressures on them that normal plebeians like us would never even begin to understand what they go through on a day-to-day basis. They by and large, these are all great kids, nice kids, great representers of the university. They are more talented at basketball than I will be at anything in my entire life. Now with that said, we have some things to talk about from Saturday's game and kind of so far this season, uh, as we are k- kind of nearing DEFCON 2. Uh, maybe you're already there. Heck, some fans I know are already on DEFCON 1, and the, the panic button is being smashed into smithereens. But, oh my god. That was not, probably not, the, the worst loss of the season. Like, I, I think losing by 900 points at Notre Dame was a lot worse, even though MSU had injury issues um you know maybe losing that late game against illinois that home game against northwestern is a good candidate Rutgers is a good team they are a great defensive team i don't think this is the worst loss on paper but oh my god was this certainly the most irritating loss that we have seen so far this season uh first and foremost ugly ugly game i was watching this game with four buddies one is a state fan the other three could not care any less about Michigan State. And after the game, I apologized to them for making making them watch whatever sport that was on Saturday. It, it had whispers of basketball sometimes, but on the whole, okay, that was that was sloppy. That was ugly. Um, it's kind of like the Michigan game that we played earlier this year, where that was a bad game. But at least when you win, you feel a little good about it. When you lose those kind of games... Oh my god, that is a miserable experience, and we were showered in misery on Saturday. And also, irritating because there, <laughs> there's no excuses for this one. Uh, no, there, there's no injury issues. You, you can't just rely on that. Uh, Malik Hall was playing. Jaden Akins uh, has been playing. You had a six-day break. You had a six-day break b- between your games. We could talk up and down about how January was. I've talked up and down about it, how miserable of a gauntlet that was. You're playing games every other day, seemingly. 
Okay, six-day break, and that's how you look. You're up eight points in the second half. You guys are in the bonus. You guys are in the bonus with 11 minutes to go in the game. And oh yeah, by the way, just four trips to the free throw line after you entered the bonus with 11 minutes left. Now, don't get aggressive. Don't try to go to the, the lane or anything. Don't try to get some fouls drawn. Just keep on just jacking up those shots from 18 feet away. Um, and also, too, irritating because, well, you got a lot of help from Rutgers. R Rutgers wanted you to, to win this game seemingly, especially with how they played on offense. 3 of 16 from 3. They were horrible, once again, playing against you from behind the arc. All right, their leading score in the early part of that game blows out his knee. It's horrible. You never want to see it, but like that is fortunate for Michigan State that, okay, well, the guy that's tearing us up early is not playing anymore. Cam Spencer stunk up the joint again. This is one of the conference's best shooters. Michigan State was lucky to see him go 0 of 5 from 3, and also 64% free throw shooting from Rutgers, and what'd you do with it? You did nothing. You, you melted down late in the game. You just looked flatly lost out there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is for me, personally, and maybe for you, too. I don't want to speak for you, but for me, it really irritating and almost embarrassing uh, because, look, we spent some time not too long ago talking about, yeah, I, it's not a great regular season so far, but we can see this team maybe making a March run. They have the ingredients. Right, They have the veteran leadership. It's so fun. They have the shooting. They have the backcourt to do it. Well, kind of 0 for 3 on all those things on Saturday. And this is um, how you can see MSU also just will losing in the first round of the tournament should they make it. I think they will make the tournament still. I do. But now this conversation is back, whether people want to admit it or not. It, it is back, but we'll get to that in a little bit. The veteran leadership uh, on this team, which has been up and down throughout the season. Like, it hasn't just been a whole season of bad performances by your veterans, but this was the game that was probably the worst um, from your core four of veteran players. A.J. Hogard, 3 of 10 from the floor, uh, 0 of 4 from three-point land. I, I don't know about you, but I, I take no no offense. No, no offense. I take no pleasure in seeing A.J. Hogarth, a 28% three-point shooter, shoot four attempts a game from three-point land. How about we save it for literally anyone else on the court that can shoot a three-pointer? Whatever. Five turnovers from A.J. as well. More on him in a little bit, unfortunately. I, again, I, I feel terrible about this for college kids, but it's a college sports show, and well, we got to tell you what happened on Saturday. Joey Hauser. Not a good game from him. Uh, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 0 of 4 from 3. Just never really got it going. Malik Hall, okay, awesome. Uh, 13 rebounds, completely negated by what he did on offense or maybe didn't do on offense. Just 4 points, 1 of 9 shooting from the field, and it, it just looked erratic out there for our guy Malik Hall. Um, I get that he probably sensed that Michigan State needs something in the worst way, and he has stepped up in that role many times. Like, uh-oh. Boys are letting this game get away from them. The other team's on a run. I'm going to just take care of it myself. I'm going to get it easy, too. It looked out of control when he was trying to put the ball in the hoop. I Eight misses? I, I swear six of them weren't even all that close. Uh, but 
yeah, just a really odd game from Malik. And then Tyson Walker, look, he played as great as you could hope, especially against a Rutgers team that makes life pretty difficult on the offensive end for their opponents. However, three shots in the last 10 minutes of the game. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know if that's a Tyson Walker issue. I don't know if that's a coaching issue. It's probably a little cocktail of both. But yes, you have one guy that's actually playing good on offense, and he's shooting just three times in the last 10 minutes of the game. And uh, four times, if you want to count that layup with one second left when the game was over. But man... Oh, man. And not only did he only shoot it three times in the last 10 minutes, but one of those shots. Okay, MSU's down three. You need to score. Two works, you know, to try to get something going low. A three-pointer would just be delightful. Or a fadeaway 18-footer with, like, nine seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, again, it's the lawn twos that aren't just going to kill me, maybe. Um, shaving years off my life every time they shoot it. Probably shaving years off your life. It might just kill the season, though. Shoot the three-pointer. Uh, okay, nope. Keep it under control. We're going to do this, Matt. All right, we're going to work on growth here. Uh, and speaking of shooting, we're just going to actually continue this conversation here. <laughs> Michigan State is fourth best in the conference at three-point percentage. Would you like to guess how many times they shoot it in comparison to the rest of the conference? They take the 11th most threes in the conference. So, yes, they are good at shooting the three-point ball. And, no, Saturday was not a good example of that. It, it was not going well. But here's also the issue, too. When it's not going well, you have no plan B because you have two field goals combined from your centers on Saturday. I hate to beat the dead horse, but we all know what's happening. It, it is almost a power play when MSU is on offense and many times on defense as well. The amount of times they fronted Cliff Amarui and got burnt. Uh-oh. Oh, they got the ball over our heads. Oh, let's try to block him from behind. Oh, we fouled him. Now oh, go ahead and step to the line. Like, I, I don't want to drink that early in the day, but it kind of forced my hand there. And the backcourt, too. The, the backcourt is something that, hey, they can make a good run in March because you got a good veteran backcourt. Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard. AJ is is uh, regressing <laughs> the last few games here. Um, it pains me to say because I still love AJ. I think he's a great player, but man, this has been a rough stretch. And he did have that really solid stretch in the middle of the season where he had eight straight games with two or less turnovers. But since then, four of his last seven games, he's had at least three turnovers. Okay, he had five on Saturday, and Izzo pointed to fatigue which that's incredibly alarming if you're fatigued. And we still have eight more games in the regular season. A.J. Hogarth disputed that, saying, no, I'm not tired. So, I, 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 quite frankly, I don't care. It's just it's just ugly. It's not good. So, uh, anyway, you slice it there. Um, we're we're going to start next segment here with a little bit of bracketology talk and then get your thoughts because I uh, sent out a tweet and you guys came in with some some takes, some thoughts, some questions, some beliefs. We'll get to all that in a little bit here. Just need to talk your ear off some more about LinkedIn. That's right. We're talking about the best in the business at hiring. 
Gang, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. They identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one easy platform. It's no wonder why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, they apply. All right, let's get some more basketball talk in the mix, whether you like it or not. That's right. Um, we're going to talk just bracketology really quick. And um, it's it's the season to start talking about that. It, it's February. So, yeah, these bracketologies are actually becoming more real. You know, these aren't the ridiculous ones in November that I like to read sometimes. But after the game, I tweeted out something to the effect of, um, great, awesome, we get to have more panic attacks uh, on the week leading up to Selection Sunday. This is great. I got awesome reactions from everyone saying, what are you talking about? We're, there's nothing to stress. We're going to be in the NIT. Like, there's people on that end. And then I had some people being like, okay, what, why are you being overdramatic? Like, that that's enough. But really, the conversation's back, right? And just like I said, the first segment, I, I still think this team makes the tournament. It's probably going to be like last year. You limp in as a seven seed or an eight seed or a nine seed. You, you get 86 in the first weekend. But, yeah, with the last eight games on the schedule, all right, you're going to be favored in five of them. Uh, you're probably going to limp in there, right? I mean, but here's where we are right now. 131 Sports, who updates his bracketology daily and also is one of the best bracketologists out there. Small website, but big on impact. Has Michigan State on the nine line right now. So, yeah, that's what that game on Saturday did for us. Instead of getting a nice quad one win when you're up eight points in the second half, Ah, no, let's just keep on turning the ball over and, uh, you know, yeah, you know what? Yeah, so that's where we're at with Bracketology. We're at a nine seed right now, favored the last five of eight regular season games. But I actually want to harp on that for a little bit, the turnovers. I'm going off script here. Um, there was that stretch where there was about three turnovers as MSU was watching their eight-point lead melt away, and all three were trying to force it to Mati Sissoko, who, a, a great kid. Amazing kid. Be- better person than I will ever be. Donates his NIL, you know. With that said, uh, why, what was the end game? And I was just screaming this into a room of uninterested people. What was the end game if he got the ball? Like, why were we so persistent on getting the ball into the post to a guy that can't really catch the passes anyway in the first place. Like, e- even if a defender wasn't there to intercept the very easy pass, who's to say that he corrals the ball, okay, first of all? Uh, second of all, let's say he does corral the ball. Do Is there really a need for another five-foot sky hook that's going to probably soar over the rim? No, probably not. Or, hey, let's say that no one's around him and he doesn't have to do a sky hook. Okay, that happened at the end of the game and he got away with the most blatant travel of all time. He literally jumped with the ball in his hand. Like I, Big Ten officiating is something else. Um, but that's that. That's what we were trying to do in this run that Rutgers was on. That's how we were going to mitigate the damage by just forcing it to your center that hasn't had a good game since he 
<laughs> left Chicago or wherever the Champions Classic was at. I, whatever. I, whatever. No, no, no. Okay. Your thoughts. En enough of my thoughts. We're going to go to your thoughts because after the game, I said, give me your thoughts. I, <laughs> because I, uh, I was as disgusted as you guys were and you guys brought the heat. You guys had some really short answers like Sparty Ben wrote, we suck. That's my thought. Okay. Blunt to the point. And then... Some more longer ones, uh, like Steiner. Actually, actually had two of them that we're going to get to here. The repeating trend of starting flat, going up nine, then flat for the last eight minutes is concerning. One time is players. Three or four games like that this year is coaching. And I'm, I might have to agree with you there, Steiner. Um, this is a recurring incident here with Michigan State where the first five minutes of the game, it, it, it looks like they are still trying to tie their shoes to even get ready for the game. And I think, look, not to keep harping on the kid, but like I, I think that maybe a recipe to changing up the mojo early on in games is to get Sissoko off the bench. I, maybe start with your small ball lineup, which I still don't think is played enough, but start Malik, you know? It's awesome that we're winning every single jump ball to start the game, but um, maybe just have some energy and cohesion out there on offense for the first five minutes then. Winning the opening tip and then having your classic possession where you try to get Madi going down low. Oh no, that doesn't work. Okay, let's just keep doing what we do and go down like twelve to four at the first under sixteen timeout. But yeah, I agree with Steiner. Like I changed the starting lineup. Like just change the mojo. Something has to get mixed up here. And then Steiner chased that tweet with another. Uh, Point that is never going to go away, especially with how things are going now this season. Also, good thing Tom didn't disrupt team chemistry with a portal big man. Things might be bad now, and you probably know this by now, but if you don't, this was the big reason they didn't try to get a big man in the transfer portal season, was to keep team chemistry alive, and oh boy, I'd really like to test the the value of team chemistry with having a, a big man that you can rely on for two or three layups a game. Seems like a good idea to me, but I'm not the Hall of Fame head coach. Just got to keep on reminding myself of that. God. Um, Dustin Smith writes, I have lost all optimism that they can make a late run in March, just so inconsistent with absolutely nothing down low. How on earth could I argue that point after what we saw Saturday? I'd, I'd be a clown. I've made myself a clown enough talking about March runs in the last few weeks, but I'm not going to do it again. Z500TJ. Writes, 99% of criticism of Izzo over the years has been absurd, but he actually deserves some blame these last few years. He fixed it with 2023 recruiting, but man, these last three rosters have been bad. Bunch of guys that try and can perform great at times, but more puppies than dogs. And I cannot disagree with you there. Again, Saturday's game made it very hard to defend anything going on with this team, the coaching staff, the way this team was built leaving two scholarships on the kitchen counter, you know, just to come back to and look at when you get home after a, another loss where you really could have used a big man, but ah, we're not going to fall down that wormhole any further. But yeah, I mean, the last three years have been bad. Yeah, let's call it what it is. If you want to be taken seriously as a blue blood in the college basketball landscape, Imagine if Duke has three years in a row like this, right? All right, imagine if North Carolina has three years in a row like this. Like, yeah. Fans that are irritated about how the last three years stretches can't fault them. You know, I, I can't. And what is really starting to grind my gears is that the last two years, um, you know, the, the COVID year and the one after that, 
you can chalk it up to being like, look, Izzo really faltered with that recruiting class with with the Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, Foster Lawyer, Thomas Kithier, Aaron Henry. Uh, I might be blending recruiting classes together, but like that 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 group as a whole, unfortunately, did not work. And those guys are gone now. So this year felt like a turn of the page to a different chapter in Michigan State basketball. And also it didn't hurt to seeing them start really well. You know, you barely lost to who we thought was a good Gonzaga team. You beat who we thought was a great Kentucky team. And it, it was a mirage. And now here you are just seeing the same season that you have the last two years with a different roster, essentially. Yes, some guys are still the same, but... It doesn't feel like this new chapter has started. It feels like a continuation, and three years is a long time, especially with the fan base. I'm sorry, Tom, you did this to yourself. That expects greatness, and we're not even getting goodness uh, as of late. Sparty Woodshed said, The fact college kids wearing a specific uniform affects my overall happiness has been pretty unfortunate since COVID hit. Yeah, we're all sick people. There's absolutely no shot that any healthy individual should be this upset over a game that children are playing but here we are doing this five days a week here and um being angry while doing so is fan fandom is 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 something else uh let's stay engaged asked is this year the resurrection or sorry is next year the resurrection or are we late career bobby knight i don't know um god we should probably get to that question like more in depth later this week but one thing that is just my beacon of light is that hey at least we're not at Bayheim levels yet, right? Where he just has the program in a stranglehold. He's just being a complete jerk and just borderline senile at these press conferences and running the program into the ground. Like, at least we're not at that level yet, but kind of get a little scared, right? Because Bayheim, pretty stubborn guy. I know you, th- you think Tom is a little stubborn at times. So you think. <sighs> he digs his feet too far into the sand and is unapologetic about the way he. Builds a roster and whatever. I just so it's not there yet, and I don't think it will get there. But uh, man, it's just you, you look around. Yeah, just like late career Bobby Knight, Jim Beheim. It's like, oh, don't be next, Tom, please. But uh, whatever. And this is what we're gonna end it on. Uh, Z Schaefer. I'm so, we'll end this segment on. Sorry, Z Schaefer just writes final four bound hand chopping motion. And I gotta say, when I read that text on Saturday, that was actually the first time I laughed after the game. I, that, that that got me good, C. Schaefer. So thank you for bringing a smile to my face after that game. Let's keep chopping. That's right. Uh, it's another 15-yard penalty when you don't need it. Just oh, I hate it here. Oh, Built Bar, guys. Built Bar. Uh, they they're the best protein bar in the land. Uh, MSU probably could use some Built Bars on Saturday, uh, but unfortunately, does not look like they stocked up on their Built Bars, and that's a shame because they missed out on three great things. One. They missed out on having a protein bar that is better tasting than a candy bar. We're talking flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. There is a flavor for you out there. Second of all, most of these Built Bars just have 130 calories and just 4 grams of sugar while being loaded with 17 grams of protein. You're not going to feel weighed down. You're only going to feel the power that Built Bar gets you. And third, that's right, Built.com. Pretty convenient website, very easy to use. But if you want more convenience, let's say you're at a Walmart or a Sam's Club, you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs at those locations. So yes, head to Sam's Club, head to Walmart, or head to Built.com to stock up on your Built Bars. And we're going to go to the mailbag here because uh, when people have questions and cries for help, and uh, sometimes they stumble into lockedonspartans at gmail.com. And for that, I thank 
every single one of you that do so. If you have any questions moving forward throughout the week, too, we're going to have a lot of mailbag segments this week. So hop on in, uh, YouTube comments or LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, and, yeah, we'll try to get around to it. But we're going to kick this off with a question from Luke. He says, I don't have Twitter, but here's my listener question. Why do Spartan fans love Joey Hauser so much now? He's had a couple good games, but for a fifth-year senior, he still makes so many stupid mistakes and has games like the Rutgers game where he just disappears. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, He also can't guard a sack of potatoes. Unfortunately, not Ron. Uh, The Izzo I grew up with watching would have sat him at the end of the bench for his defense. And the MSU fans I remember would have hated this guy. Are we growing soft? Are we just getting accustomed to bubble seasons? Is the bar really that low? Here is the... I want to tackle the benching issue right now. Um, correct. Normally, uh, Izzo would probably, uh, you know, usher him to an open seat on the bench if he's having a struggling performance, but here is a big issue. Okay, who plays the four now? Uh, Pierre Brooks? Uh, That's even worse defense and worse three-point shooting. That's three and D without the three and without the D. So, yeah, you're kind you kind of have to play Hauser. And again, like, I... I'm more of a Joey Hauser fan than than Lucas here. I mean, I'm, I've been pretty high on Hauser, but to go back to the beginning of that email, why do Spartan fans love Joey Hauser so much now? I think people love a good human interest story, and um, it really does seem like that we just rooted for this underdog almost because last year was really down in the dumps. Like that, the middle of his season just looked lost, was struggling, uh, just, just felt sad for the kid, honestly, but... To see him have these big games like against Davidson last year or against, what was it, Kentucky this year or, you know, he had a good game against Illinois that unfortunately didn't turn into a win. But he's having good performances. And, yeah, Saturday is a bad time to make this argument. But that, that, that's that's why I think a lot of people like Joey Hauser as well is because he's had this great bounce back, right? And he has been a reliable player for the most part this year. But, yeah, like when he's struggling – who do you go to? I, I I just don't I just don't think it's that easy to plug in and play. Like yes, you have Malik Hall, but like you want another perimeter threat out there. So yeah, that's that's why the Joey Hauser fanfare from me at least. Um, again, God, I just, Saturday makes it really hard to be positive and argue for these guys. But Ryan writes in uh, actually a fun question, not so much about Saturday. Uh, he kind of leaves this on a happy note, and if if that's what you want to end the show that well that's that's what you're gonna get maybe a, a little glimmer of light um if you like this question i don't know you could be the judge here but i liked it with that uh, sorry um my question is is that if you can guarantee one of tyson walker malik hall or joey hauser to return for another year next year which would you choose i can talk myself into any guy but i'm wondering who you would choose out of these three a third year of tyson walker and aj hogard backcourt would be insane another year of malik hall would offer loads of versatility to next year's team, and who wouldn't want Joey Hauser for another year when he has seemed uh, to be taking excellent steps in progressing each year as a player? Who wouldn't want to see Joey Hauser back? It, it, it sounds like Luke, uh, the last emailer, uh, to answer that rhetorically. He he wouldn't want <laughs> Joey Hauser back, but we're going to answer the question, um, and it's tough. You can make a very compelling argument for all three. Uh, zero. Zero question about it. Right now at this moment, and I don't think I'm prisoner of the moment for Saturday because he's the only guy that played decent. Um, Tyson Walker, I think is who I'm going to go with. 42% shooter from three-ish. Um, you know, I might be off a percent or two there. He's just a great three-point threat. 
Um, solid with the ball in his hands as well. But I, th- I think even more so is his defense that he shows on the other end. It just it hit His hands are black belt. I mean, he's, he's got the fastest hands on this side of the Mississippi. And I think that goes a long way in the backcourt, especially um, in Big Ten play when it can get you know pretty uh, physical on the wins. Uh, to say the least, uh, Malik Hall, yeah, sure, I, I, I would take him. Um, but, man, it's just like, and it's not just because of Saturday, but throughout his career, it's just you see a lot of inconsistency. Um, and, and I do feel good about who Michigan State has coming in next year with Cohen Carr, Garrick Norman. I don't know if they precisely fill in that void at the four position that Malik Hall would leave, but give it a shot. And Xavier Booker, I think, can play the four as well. I actually think he's more of a four than a five, personally, but... You know, that's going to be up to Tom Izzo next season. But And Joey Hauser, yeah, I, 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 I sure, who wouldn't want another guy to shoot 40%? But, yeah, it, it's the defense for him that kind of gets points deducted from his score here. So, yeah, I just think you get more of a complete package, more consistency with Tyson Walker as well. So, Tyson, if you're listening, um, Please come back. I I would like you to come back. I'm sure anyone listening would like you to come back. I'm sure Ryan, our emailer, would like you to come back. So, yeah. Oh, man. And you know what? I'd also like you you guys to come back as well. We do this five days a week here. If this was your first episode... Oh God, what a what an episode to start with. I um, hope this was a good time for you. But yes, we do this five days a week here. We're going to be talking with Ben Dixon of the Testudo Times. That's a Maryland SB Nation blog. We're going to be talking about Tuesday's game tomorrow. That's a big one. 9 p.m. at Breslin Center. You lose that one. Oh, yeah. We're not going to be doing a lot of laughing on that show. We did a lot of laughing to keep from crying today. That postgame show would just be a lot of crying and screams and just <laughs> nothing. No, no healthy behavior. Um, and then, hey, we're going to be talking basketball recruiting as well later this week. Uh, we're, we're, we're hitting it all this week for you guys. I genuinely cannot thank you enough for watching. If you have listened or watched this far, Feel free uh, to smash that subscribe button. Um, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. I'd love to shout that out one more time. Wow. What a what a game. I <laughs> I tried to 24-hour rule this. You know, like, hey, maybe clear head. Come in with more rationality. But, uh, <laughs> oh, no. We're, we're, uh, we are damn near 36-hour ruling this. And that bothered me. That Saturday bothered me. <laughs> and I, I, I fear what happens Tuesday if they lose. I think that we're all just going to be collectively broken. And there's a good faction of us that are already broken. But, man, that, that would that would break down the spirit of anyone else the rest of the season. So, all right, on that note, hope you guys have a great week. I love you all. Go Green.